This is the Black and Blue Report presented by ABC Insurance Agencies, a better choice for insurance. Now from Studio B or wherever the Saints or Pelicans might be, here's Sean Kelly. Big show for you on this Wednesday. Hi, everybody. Welcome into the Black and Blue Report podcast, the podcast for Saints and Pelicans fans. So glad that you're with us. We're halfway through the week, aren't we? Doesn't feel like it, but we are. Um, And we're gearing up for, of course, Carolina and New Orleans this weekend. And also the return of the Pelicans to the United States. (laughs) uh, Daniel, are they coming home tonight? Or Okay, so they will be back tomorrow. I don't want to get into what day it is there and what day they're arriving and all that. Just they'll be back in the United States before we do another one of these tomorrow, correct? Maybe. Maybe Daniel says. Nonetheless, they, they wrapped up their trip today. They lost to the Rockets this morning, 116-104. Uh, the Pelicans now in the preseason are one and three. The big news obviously that came out of the game this morning was that Anthony Davis uh, suffered an ankle sprain in the first quarter. There are reports that it's quote unquote a grade two sprain. 10 to 14 days, perhaps. I don't think we'll go a whole lot until uh, the team is back and Anthony gets into the weekend. Uh, one thing that does kind of stink for Anthony is the fact that you uh, sprain an ankle like that and now you endure a 19, 20-hour plane ride back to the United States. That that can't help, but I know that the basically the, the entire Pelicans medical staff, doctors included, are with the team, and so they'll have everything set up for Anthony to make sure that that flight, that, that long time in a – uh, compressed cabin like that won't won't make the thing uh, any worse. Anyway, that was kind of you know the, I guess I guess the headline, and we're going to talk about that game in depth with uh, Chris Carino today. Chris is the uh, radio announcer for the Brooklyn Nets, but Chris today was in a studio in Secaucus, New Jersey, and called the game Pelicans Rockets on NBA TV. So he's he's a perfect guy to talk to about uh, today's game against the Rockets and what he saw. Uh, We'll also hear from head coach Alvin Gentry. And we'll also get that conversation started with regard to the Saints and Panthers with one of our favorite guests, uh, Saints legend and Saints radio analyst, Deuce McAllister, also on the show today. And if we're going to have Deuce and Chris Carino and Alvin Gentry, why not Sean Payton too? (laughs) Coach Payton had his uh, morning conference call with the media earlier and uh, touched on a couple of things. Let me me share a a couple of his uh, thoughts today. Uh, and these, of course, all have to do with this upcoming opponent, the Carolina Panthers. He addressed uh, two of uh, the very important pieces of the Carolina offense today. Well, he addressed three, but two to start here. First of all, he speaks about uh, Greg Olson, who's coming off of a big game, even in a loss on Monday night. Before I even get to his skill set, man, you can watch him play each week and see passion. I mean, I think that there's a toughness element to him. I think he he takes on the the task of of blocking the D gap or getting down the field on a post or double move or a seam with the same enthusiasm. He's he's a, I'd say he's a very good foot athlete. I think he's uh he's flexible. I I remember him coming out of high school and then coming out of college. He's from New Jersey. Uh, of course, went to Miami. Um, so the first thing I gave you wasn't even the, the athleticism, but all those other elements that you look for in that position, I think he possesses, and I think you clearly see the respect of his team. And, and uh, you know, he, he's 
he's a big a big player, uh, and he comes up big for them in moments. Um, he's he's extremely extremely talented, and look, you just stack those stack that lineup at Miami with tight ends that have been real good. Another guy that Carolina's got and going well, uh, despite their their one and four start, which is just shocking to me. Uh, is a guy that we didn't see last year because he was injured in the preseason, and that's wide receiver Kelvin Benjamin. He's he's a tremendous athlete. He's got size. His his body type makes it very difficult, uh, not only in the field, but you start getting into the red area. Um, so he's he's a target that that becomes tough to defend that way in the seams. Um, there's obviously a, a strong confidence level the quarterback has in in, in him as well, and and I think that, um, you know, it's, a, it's another weapon that you have to account for. And then finally, of course, one of the biggest storylines of the week with regard to this matchup is whether or not Cam Newton will go at quarterback for Carolina. Deuce McAllister will have his thoughts on that in a moment, but Coach Payton seems to have a plan as far as getting ready for this weekend's game, even with the doubt around Cam Newton. I don't think it presents a challenge, honestly. I think in our case, we're preparing for him. We feel he's going to play, and and starting with Monday's practice, even um, I think that's the the clearly the only way to approach it. And and yet we we understand the strengths and weaknesses of of Derek and you know the the other players that that may or may not play on their team. But in this case, uh, our our plan is to to see him and. and we're planning accordingly. All right, so we're off and running. We've got both head coaches today, Deuce McAllister here in just a moment, and Chris Carino to talk about the Pelicans and Rockets game right after that. We all know Saints fans are humble, hardworking, likable, and the most devoted fans in the league. All of that takes energy. The energy you get from a warm bowl of Campbell's Chunky Soup. Its meaty goodness fuels the greatness of Saints fans everywhere. Try the delicious chunky chicken and sausage gumbo. Just visit your local Winn-Dixie and ask for Campbell's Chunky Soup, the hearty way to fuel your game, and the official soup of the New Orleans Saints. From sunup to sundown, there's no end to the great time you'll have at the Sanderson Farms Championship. Join us October 26th through 30th at the Country Club of Jackson for a full course of action. From first-class golf to fan-pleasing fun and, of course, lots of fresh, delicious 100% natural chicken. All to raise money for Friends of Children's Hospital. So don't miss a single stroke of excitement at the Sanderson Farms Championship. Visit SandersonFarmsChampionship.com for tickets today. Don't want to miss out on any of the action? Get connected with your New Orleans Pelicans 24-7, 365. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter for exclusive prizes and giveaways. Plus, get texts with all the latest breaking news right on your phone with Pelican Mobile Alerts. Visit pelicans.com for information on these great features. Plus, sign up for Pelicans Insider with weekly updates from the Pelicans. Join the conversation today. We're talking Saints football on the Black and Blue Report. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. We're you know, pretty fired up that the Saints are back in action this weekend. As I uh, promised you earlier, Deuce McAllister, Saints radio analyst and Saints legend, joins us on the Black and Blue Report to kind of almost really begin our conversation about the Saints and Panthers 
here this weekend. Deuce, how are you? Doing well. How you doing? I'm doing okay. I, you know, part of me says I'm ready for football again, and I'm also saying to myself, I'm not so sure I'm ready to see 12 straight weeks. This this early buy, um, I think in most cases you'd say, wow, the buy's too early, but but maybe it came at the right time for this football team. What's your take on it? Well, considering the health and considering where they are as far as number of wins and different things of that nature, then it, it, it comes at a perfect time. I mean, uh, we understand that there will be a grind, a stretch run, you know, here that we have to go through. But at the end of the day, you have to get some healthy bodies back and I think that's what that time off allows him to do. Can you can you hang on to any momentum from the Chargers game, even with that weekend off? Well, you most definitely can. I mean, because now you see exactly what it took to be able to come away with a W. I mean, so now you go back and self-eval and see exactly what you were doing, what you were not doing, and now you know what it takes to be able to compete at a high level. It's not going to be for 50 minutes. It's not going to be for 55. I mean, it's to complete 60 minutes is what you have to come to be able to compete at, and then it has to be able to translate over. Deuce, at this point, what would you say you are encouraged about with this football team and what are still ongoing concerns? Well, I mean, you have to be uh, excited about the, the, the play of the young guys. I think, you know, one of the question marks was how, how would they come in and contribute and then the guys that played last year, you know, would they have a sophomore slump? And for the most part, that has not been the case. I mean, injuries have really, really, really uh, put this team in a negative situation or bad spot. And so to be able to get some of those guys back, um, even if they're not 100%, you know, at least it puts you in a position where you can somewhat make a run and see how this thing shakes out. I would have I would have been very surprised, Deuce, if you would have told me in August that in the second week of October, both the Saints and the Panthers would have one win each. Um, what about you? Uh, yeah, yeah, most definitely. I mean, uh, when you look at the opponent as far as Carolina, they look like a totally different team. And I think uh, injuries are starting to play a part in, in, in their situation as well. But I think youth uh, is playing a big part uh, against them as well. So, you know, we knew that we had a young team going into it. Uh, but you were definitely hoping better than the record that we have. You know, there were probably the first two games, uh, the ball kicks, you know, uh, a yard or two either way, and those are victories. So, I mean, you, you deal with those types of things. Uh, at the end of the day, you know, you still have to go out and compete and, and, and perform. If you're a betting man, would you say Cam Newton plays or does not play this weekend? <laughs> uh, there's no question that he's going to play. I mean, uh, their back's against the wall pretty much like yours, except we've been against the wall probably a little bit longer, a week or two longer than they have. But, uh, yeah, I think he's playing. And so, therefore, it's a different-looking team than what we saw on Monday night, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I think you'll see a lot of zone read. Uh, it'd be interesting to see how much they do try to run him just because I think that's a big part of their game. You know, on average, he was running the football about 9 to 12 design runs uh, times per game. So it'll be interesting to see how much they run him. And then the other key part, factor for them is uh, Jonathan Stewart. I mean, because if he's not back, then it's totally a different team where they want to probably be uh, more of a passing unit with, uh, you know, use some of the receivers that they have. So be interesting to see who, who's progressing for them and, and, and what it looks like on Sunday. Here comes the layup, I guess, on my end of asking questions. But, uh, you know, I look at Greg Olson and Kelvin Benjamin, and I say to myself, what are you going to do with those guys? Deuce, you got any answers? 
you better jam them and get your hands on them early. I mean, uh, just try to be physical with them. Uh, you know, you, you know that on some plays that you can have help on over the top, but you know whether it's getting off the line, you want to disrupt them from there, uh, and, and then just make sure that you're good with your eyes as far as understanding and knowing what you're seeing. I mean, uh, you can't let both of them just be so disruptive where they uh, alter what you want to do defensively. You know, we saw changes with the Saints with the Chargers game as far as personnel goes. That safety linebacker was different because Laurinaitis couldn't go. Um, do you see some of the similar type situation here this week, or, or do you even anticipate even more tweaking and changes here heading into what one could consider the start of a new season coming out of the bye? Well, they've always used a three-safety system. I mean, that's, that wasn't the first time. You know, I think the rotation was a little different, obviously, with Von Bell starting a little bit. I mean, so there, there, there'll be some wrinkles that they have for us, uh, some different things that they can do with those guys. Uh, linebacker situation it just really depends on the health of, uh, of who's available, you know, what, what, what they feel most comfortable doing with those guys. So, I mean, uh, it gives you some flexibility. Uh, but at the end of the day, you know, they have to be able to go out and execute a game plan as well. Speaking of, you know, this notion of the start of a new season, Deuce, take me inside the locker room, if you don't mind, whether it be how the players may be thinking about this or if there's been a message from Coach Payton and his staff. Will there be a feeling of a new season starting, you know, knowing that you're 1-3 and three, but yet you're coming off a win and a bye, or is it just business as usual? I, I just want to make sure that nobody's, nobody's making a story out of nothing here. Well, you come back a little refreshed. I mean, you come back with uh, hopefully your mind cleared. Um, you you come back ready to have fun and compete. I mean, from the, from the standpoint of having three quarters of the season ahead of you, and you know, uh, most of your goals are still in play. Uh, you can still do a lot of things. You know, you, 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 it's not uh, non conceivable that you can't get back into that race. But you know, I think it's, you have to start stacking up some W's before you even move to a standpoint of of, of, of that thought. Uh, for them, they have to look at the second season as far as, okay, this is our second quarter. You know, we need to figure out a way to go three and one, two and two at worst, you know, uh, out of these next four games. And uh, once that is done, then you're at the halfway point for everybody. So, I mean, I think that's really where they have to focus and believe that um, can we figure out a way to be able to get, you know, three wins or, 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 or you know, ultimately four wins out of the next four games. Let me ask you a league-wide question here. Um, are you surprised in any way at the at the the notion of double-digit teams in the NFL right now, or at least one game under 500? Seems a little odd to me. Well, there's a parity throughout the league. I mean, uh, a lot of teams have been uh, affected by uh, not great quarterback play, uh, playing some young guys. Some quarterbacks have been banged up. I think that uh, teams will start to separate themselves as the second part of the. Uh, the, the, this this map or this schedule starts to play itself out. Good stuff. Deuce, as always, thanks. And by the way, I really enjoyed doing the uh, Southeastern McNeese State game with you over the weekend. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, no doubt about it. It was a lot of fun. Those guys competed and, uh, you know, it looked like it was going to be overtime, but then, you know, uh, they, they, they go for it and give the receiver uh, an, an opportunity. And uh, it's great, great, great game. Great call. Yeah, it was fun. It was fun. Hey, have a great week, Deuce. We'll see you this weekend at the Mercedes Benz Superdome. No problem. Thank you. Here you he as is. Well. All right. Deuce McAllister, Saints legend, Saints radio analyst. Turn our attention to the Pelicans. Chris Carino joins us in just a moment. 
Ochsner believes the best way to predict the future is to invent it. Here, our doctors and staff are changing lives day after day. Every week, I'm operating on babies who are days old with hearts smaller than walnuts. We're giving these kids a life they wouldn't otherwise have, a chance to grow up. Sometimes cancer patients come who were told they were out of options. But Ochsner has the most clinical trials in the state. It's amazing to be able to give second chances. We're always a step ahead. Even with simple things, like getting you in to see a doctor today versus a week from now, so what you have doesn't become something bigger. It makes a difference. Every day, Ochsner is creating a better future by looking forward and thinking differently to find life-changing solutions. That's healthcare with peace of mind. Appointments are available today. Call 866-OCHSNER or visit ochsner.org. Gatorade, for athletes who move the game forward, we're creating the fuel to do the same. Innovating beyond hydration to create the future of sports fuel. Fueling today, fueling the future. Got a long day ahead? Power on with Smoothie King's new coffee high-protein smoothies. It's a nutritious breakfast blended to shift your morning into high gear with delightfully smooth cold-brewed coffee for your mind and at least 30 grams of protein for your body. Try all four energizing flavors, vanilla, almond mocha, raspberry mocha, and cinnamon latte, and power on your day. New coffee high-protein smoothies. Coffee for your mind and protein for your body. Only at Smoothie King. Smoothies with a purpose. We call it No Appointment Radio. You're listening to the Black and Blue Report. Well, the Pelicans uh, played already today, believe it or not. Yes, they lost to the Houston Rockets over Beijing, 116-104. And uh, they're to call the game. We're not there in China, but they're on the call. Was our good friend Chris Carino for NBA TV. He's kind enough to join us here on the Black and Blue Report. Chris has been with us before because he's also the radio voice of the Brooklyn Nets. You've heard him doing NFL games college football and basketball, handball for the Olympics, and just about anything else that has a ball or at least a scoreboard. <laughs> Hello, Chris. Yeah, I've been busy. Right? If it's got a ball, I'm there. Yeah, pretty much. Um, how was it this yeah, morning? I was, not, I was not in China, but I was there in spirit. Yes, you morning. were. You and your partner, Tim Capstraw, and and you got to see a, a full house there in Beijing on your monitors. Uh, first of yeah. all, what's that experience like, calling a game back to us here in the United States, and you also are in the United States? Yeah, it's kind of like it's kind of like uh, if you're a surgeon and you're in the mash unit. You know, don't try and do too uh, many real technical procedures. Just sort of, just sort of get the patient patched up and moved on, and you know, try not to hurt anybody. That's kind of the thing. Not, we don't get too, you know, you're not in the building. You can't really get the emotion of the feel for it. But um, you you see all ten players, and you can. You know, as long as you prepare, you prepare the same way in terms of knowing about the teams and, and trying to uh, dive into some of the storylines. And, and I, you know, that's, that's all you can do. But, uh, you know, it was, it, was a, it was a blowout for a while, made interesting toward the end. And, uh, you know, I guess, I guess ultimately, though, the headline is what happened in the first quarter and Anthony Davis going down. Okay, so you saw it. Uh, what, what would you say or how would you describe the injury at this point? Well, I, I, I see now he's, the word is it's, it's 10 to 15 days of what they're saying, a grade two. Um, he stepped on, I believe it was Nene's foot. Or, uh, I believe it was Nene. I don't remember now if it was Nene or Montrez Harrell, but it was somebody there that he stepped, his right foot kind of stepped on their foot. 
and it bent. I mean, so it's, you know, it's one of those things. It's good to happen now, but it's usually a two-week injury. Sometimes those injuries can linger a little bit. I know sprained ankles uh, have been known to, to linger. I mean, listen, I, I, don't, I don't like to speculate by just seeing something on video and everybody's um, bodies are different, but, um, you know, you do have a good two weeks here before the start of the regular season. So I, I wouldn't think you'd be too concerned, but – you know, when it comes to Anthony Davis, you get concerned. No doubt. No doubt. And that really puts a damper on things for Pelicans fans. The Pelicans also, Chris, went down by 28 points. Could they just not score the ball, or or what was the cause of that deficit? Uh, boy, I think what really happened, and, and, and this is something that doesn't happen often, is Houston, yeah, Houston really dug in defensively. I was impressed with their defensive effort. I mean, the Pelicans took a took a one-point lead. Uh, Ashik had a putback, and um, and got a foul, and, and they went up 12-11. And then uh, Houston went on this 20-2 run to end the, the first quarter, and it extended into the second quarter. Um, it seemed to correspond with Davis being out. Uh, you know, you don't really have a lot of playmakers offensively. If Davis is not there to be your focal point, and you're missing guys like Tyreek Evans, and um, or, you know Drew Holiday obviously is not with the team, uh, they just they're, who do you go to? Who do you go to when you're bogged down in a half court? You need a bucket, um, and I think that you know normally you you can rely on Houston being a loose team defensively. Yeah. But I think there's been a concerted effort in the preseason, at least, that they know they have to be. They don't have to be a great defensive team, but you've got to be in the middle of the pack to be considered a a legitimate you know playoff team in this league. You got to be in the middle of the pack defensively. And they've made a concerted effort to really step it up on the defensive end. And, um, you know, that's what I saw. And, and I also think that, and, and Pelican fans won't probably won't want to hear this, but um, I thought Eric Gordon changed the game a little bit when he came in there off the bench for Houston during that time. And they really didn't have a match for that. And uh, those are the things I think contributed to that spurt that ultimately decided the game. Mm, interesting, interesting. Chris, you saw Solomon Hill in the Eastern Conference the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. Uh, t- you know, earlier today he had twelve point seven rebounds, a block shot, a couple of steals. Uh, is that Solomon Hill? And if so, should Pelicans fans be just pleased with that kind of a line on any given night? Well, I'll tell you what. Forget about the line. And the one thing that stands out in that line to me were the two steals because they both came in situations where, and I it's. It's funny how you remember the plays because they did stand out to me both times. Was he was switched off onto James Harden? And he stole the ball from James Harden twice. Both of those steals came when he was one on one, isolated between the circles against James Harden. And Harden looked at him and said, "I'm going to try and take you." And both times he reached in, knocked the ball away, and retrieved it. Um, so I think that's something that you should look for with Solomon Hill. He has the potential to develop into that defensive stopper. He's got good size. I mean, maybe he can't match up with smaller, quicker guards, but if you had that wing player, that big wing, and you faced him a lot in the Western Conference, um, he can be a guy that you throw on him and say, hey, you're going to go defend him. And uh, I think he's a guy that has developed Little by little over the three years, he wasn't really. He didn't play much his first year with Indiana. Uh, has developed into a, a solid player. I think, you know, I, we saw him late in the year last year, and he had a double double in a game late in the season against the Nets, and he looked like one of the best players on the floor. Um, we, the Nets made a lot of players look like that last year. 
But uh, for the most part, I think I was impressed with Solomon Hill late last year. I think he's gotten better every year. And what I saw on the defensive side of the floor today, I think can really benefit you guys. Okay. All right. Um, that would be a, a huge help <laughs> for a team that's struggling. <laughs> yeah, you need, you need wherever you can get it right yeah, now. Yeah, and, and that position's been a bit of a struggle the last several years. Uh, Quinn, sure, yeah. Quinn, Quinn Cook had 20 points, eight assists, yeah. um, uh, you know, plus seven. Uh, Chris, I, I realize that this is a preseason game and in the second half, but but what would you say about Quinn Cook, you know, what he did today and, and how that may help him, whether it be with the Pelicans or somebody else in this league? Yeah, you know, think about Quinn Cook, right, for a second. Four-year player at Duke, averaged 16 points a game last year, or his, his last year in 2015. You know, doesn't have, doesn't, maybe he's undersized, maybe he doesn't have the, the speed, I don't know. He, for whatever reason, doesn't hook up with an NBA team last year. He tried, right, he was in the summer league a couple of times. Goes to the D-League, but he's not only a D-League, he's an all-star in the D-League. He's the rookie of the year in the D-League. You know, he... I think this guy's going to find a way to break through somehow in the NBA. And I think he saw glimpses of it today. It's very similar to Tim Frazier, who you got, who, who's with the Pelicans now. Is it, Here's a guy that it took him a long time to break in, but he comes from a good program. He was, he, he's a player that has experience. Um, and they have a good feel for the game. I mean, Quinn Cook has a good feel for the game. But, I mean, why would you not? And you don't get through four years of playing for Mike Krzyzewski without having a good feel for the game. And the D-League has been, I think, exceptional in recent years for developing players, which is what it's there to do, right? I think it's finally starting to do that. And I think the experience he got last year, I think he played with the Canton Charge, because I know he was he hooked up with Cleveland a little bit last that, year. That's right. Yeah. Um, I, I, think, I think he can be – Round in, he's going to be one of these players that down the road, I don't know if the Pelicans will have room for him. They may, uh, but somebody else will. I, I think he, I think he breaks in this year, and you start to see uh, that he can help teams. And uh, I think very, very similar to Frazier, and, and now Frazier is a, is a solid contributor and a starter for you guys. While Drew Holiday is out, um, yeah, I liked what I saw to Quinn Cook today. First time I'd really seen him in a while, you know, since his days back at Duke, and I, I thought he did well. I don't care who's on the floor. Yeah, okay. You know, definitely, you know, he's matched up. We say we talk about some of these preseason games sometimes, and guys are being late against maybe inferior competition, but they're also in late against guys that are going to be playing a lot harder in these preseason games. You know, Bobby Brown was matched up with Quinn Cook. Bobby Brown's playing for his NBA life. You, you know, so he's, he's, not, he's, he's playing these games like it's the NBA Finals. So, yeah, the talent level sometimes, but you could be going up against starters who really aren't into playing that night, you know, in the preseason. But sometimes you go in these late in these preseason games against guys that are, that are not that, maybe not as talented, but they're playing their butts off. So I, I would be happy about the way you, what you saw to Quinn Cook today. Okay. Hey, two more things on my mind here that I want to ask you about. Number one is that uh, Alvin Gentry has been all over his team about transition defense uh, throughout mm-hmm. this preseason. And and also stopping the ball uh, in the half court. Uh, what was your what was your take on on those two aspects of the game today? Huh, you know, um, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say I, I was maybe as intent on it. Um, I, it. It didn't look like Houston. I guess during that stretch there, that spurt 
um, where you where you got out and you know that twenty to two spurt there at the end of the first quarter mm-hmm. that Houston was running a little bit. It didn't seem to me like a running gun team. It didn't seem like. Uh, I'm trying to look at what were their turnover numbers today. They're eleven. So uh, no, Houston had eleven. So um, you know you weren't really you weren't really getting the turn who you could run and you, know, you turned over 15 times. That's terrible against a team with that many possessions. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, what did, what did you think in, in looking at it? You'd be probably more intent on it than I would. I, I think, I think Chris, in my eyes, it was somewhat skewed because of Anthony's situation. Um, yeah. But, you know, like you said, you, you have a Houston team. And again, this is a different outfit from last year, but you had a Houston team last year that wasn't afraid to kick the ball around the gym a little bit. And they only turned it over eleven times. You only scored thirteen yeah. off of that. Um, so yeah, I guess it's like like most preseason things. It's it's one of those open ended discussions, and uh, we don't. I guess we don't really know what we know until what mid November. <laughs> Seems like I always felt like yeah. you need about. I, I always felt you need about twenty twenty five games before you really you really know what the team is. I mean, it, it, there's some teams you know what they are. I mean, the Golden State Warriors, you don't need 25 games. But but a team like the Pelicans, where you have so many key components um, leaving and, and coming, you know, the, the team I cover, the Nets, are going to be the same way. You can look at them all you want in the preseason, but you don't – you get a sense of maybe when you have a new coach come in, where, what kind of style. Like, you, you could see with – with Houston, Mike D'Antoni, right? They're going to still play that wide-open style. They're going to shoot the three. But he's got him paying a little more attention to defense and, to your point, paying a little uh, more attention to holding on to the ball. Mm-hmm. I mean, listen, James Harden set an NBA record last year for total turnovers in the season. I, I mean, and, and, he, and he shattered it. And it was a record that was almost three decades old. All right, so it just shows you that they were a little loose with the ball. Um, a so they've made a concern. So you were facing a team that faced it was making a concerted effort to hold on to the ball. And I do think Anthony Davis changed a lot when he's in the lineup defensively. I mean, automatically you become so much more of a better defensive team and a better rebounding team. Um, I'll tell you another couple of guys that I liked, you know, I think, but I think Buddy Heel didn't show it today, but I think, you know, he's, he's going to struggle offensively here and there. Yeah, he's, he's had a very good preseason, though, offensively. Um, and I think defensively, you know, I think he can, you know, he, he's going to have a ways to go and he's going to hold his own here and there. But, you know, we mentioned, we mentioned guys like Quinn Cook. We mentioned guys like Tim Frazier, who I really like. And Langston Galloway, you know, a player that can come in and guard people. I mean, Langston Galloway can come in, he can guard people. You know, and and make some shots. He's not going to hurt you. You know, solid guard player. I think that's another guy. If we were talking about guys that, you know, stood out to me that can help. I think he's one of those guys, especially when you've got the injuries right now to Evans, and you've got you know Drew going through his thing, not being there. So, you know, looking looking for some bright spots for you here, Sean. Yeah, it, I, I appreciate and, you know, that. I, and I'm glad watching Gallo- Eric Gordon today. I know that has to hurt. Pelican fans, because the guy just never really panned out there in the world. The injury is just, he just never gave you a really good, solid season. No, and when I look at his line today, one of six and 0 of three from three, I, I you know, I guess I'm kind of used to it, unfortunately. So. Yeah, but but, they, but that didn't tell the story of his game, though, because he came in there 
See, the, see, Houston's looking for a, a guy that will um, that can that can steer the ship when James Harden goes to the bench. And Harden played the first ten minutes and then went out. And Gordon came in and they went on that big run because he he got guys involved. He ran the floor. He got things. You know, he he just I don't know. He was a force in that stretch. Um, but I understand there there you know he has his fault. Yes. No, I like him very much as a person, as a player, and yeah. thought that maybe he could and Ryan been... Anderson, yes. the other one. That, yes. You know, again, I love Ryan Anderson. You know, I do. We've we've had we've been together. We've had conversations with Ryan. He he's another guy that you love. He's a great guy. He's a great player. He's your prototypical stretch four. But you know, really, has he had a season? Did he have a season in New Orleans where he played more than sixty odd games? No. You know, he yeah. just yeah, and that's been an issue. I mean, so you lose him, but. Again, on paper, everything looked great last year and the year before in New Orleans when you've got Gordon and Evans and Anderson and Anthony. But you never could put together this talent consistently. They just couldn't stay on the floor. And you know, So you do you know, have to think about going a different direction. Yeah, and that's exactly what – and I think Ryan needed to change the scenery himself. So, Sure, uh, I understand. Yeah, he went yeah. through all the personal situations, oh, yeah. and that, that city probably reminds him of it. Yeah, in some ways, yeah. yeah. Uh, last thing, Chris Carino, right there down at the very bottom of the Houston Rockets uh, half of the box score, and I'm going to butcher his first name, but Shinanu Onuaku uh, finished the game with two points. He went two of two at the free throw line. Why would I bring that up? Yep, I know you're bringing it up because he did the he did as Tim called it the granny the granny <laughs> shot. Yes, the uh, the underhanded free throw. Yeah, he started doing that in Louisville. And it looked pretty good, didn't it? He, yeah. made, he went two of two. Um, he's a guy who couldn't make free throws when he started out in college. And he's man enough to shoot him underhanded. And he gets perfect backward rotation, which is a, which is a, a trait of a good free throw, consistent, good you know, rotation. And it goes in. And I think that if more guys like, and they have one on their team, Clint Capella, uh, but we know that DeAndre Jordans of the world and guys who can't shoot free throws, I think you can get a much more consistent stroke backward rotation with that underhand free throw. And he's not afraid to do it. And he did it. I, I just, I'm ready to see more of it. I thought it was brilliant. So yeah. there you go. And like, like, like Tim Capstro, my partner on the air called it, you know, sometimes called the granny shot. I said, it's not the, you're already dealing with the stigma of shooting underhanded. Calling it the granny shot is not going to help the the um, the, the selling it to a guy to do that. But all you do is look at look at how he made Anuaku made those free throws. Well, I tell you what, seventy eight percent of the free throw line sure does pay a lot better than forty eight percent. Let's just <laughs> let's just go with that. And money talks. Yes, it does. Chris Carino, uh, thank you very much. Enjoy your October, and I will be seeing you very soon. As a matter of fact, I will, I will see you at the turn of the new year, first week of January, I think, uh, with the Brooklyn Nets. I am Nets. looking forward to it. Yes, and uh, all the best Don't. to you and yours. You, you as well. I'll see you soon. Hey, Chris, one more thing before you go. Quickly, the website yeah. and the project that you've uh, poured yourself into, uh, would you mind sharing that? I just want folks to just even take a peek just to see what it's all about. Well, great. It's uh, ChrisCarinoFoundation.org. Um, it's, uh, it's, we're, we're battling a disease called FSHD, muscular dystrophy. 
um, which I uh, deal with uh, and have since uh, my college days. And you can read all about it on our website. We raise money for research, and uh, we try and just spread the word. And uh, always appreciate a chance to do that. Yes, we'll uh, we'll uh, send folks that way, and I will see you soon, sir. Thank you again. All right, John. All right, thanks, man. Chris Carino, he was on the call this morning of the Pelicans and the Rockets. All right, Alvin Gentry's thoughts after the game when we come back. That's how we'll also wrap up this Wednesday edition of the Black and Blue Report. From sunup to sundown, there's no end to the great time you'll have at the Sanderson Farms Championship. Join us October 26th through 30th at the Country Club of Jackson for a full course of action. From first-class golf to fan-pleasing fun and, of course, lots of fresh, delicious 100% natural chicken. All to raise money for Friends of Children's Hospital. So don't miss a single stroke of excitement at the Sanderson Farms Championship. Visit SandersonFarmsChampionship.com for tickets today. We all know Saints fans are humble, hardworking, likable, and the most devoted fans in the league. All of that takes energy. The energy you get from a warm bowl of Campbell's Chunky Soup. Its meaty goodness fuels the greatness of Saints fans everywhere. Try the delicious Chunky Chicken and Sausage Gumbo. Just visit your local supermarket and ask for Campbell's Chunky Soup, the hearty way to fuel your game, and the official soup of the New Orleans Saints. Gatorade, for athletes who move the game forward, we're creating the fuel to do the same. Innovating beyond hydration to create the future of sports fuel. Fueling today, fueling the future. Don't miss any of the New Orleans Pelicans action this season. Pick the four games that are right for you. The Pelicans Pick 4 Plan, presented by Domino's, guarantees seats to see Anthony Davis and your New Orleans Pelicans take on the biggest names, including matchups against Golden State and Cleveland. Packages start as low as $40 and come with a free, medium, one-topping pizza from Domino's. To pick your four games, visit pelicans.com today. Follow us on Twitter at Black Blue Report. So the Pelicans lose to the Rockets today, 116-104. By the way, Houston is 4-0 in the preseason. They took both games on the China trip uh, with the Pelicans. Uh, both ended up being fairly close because of kind of late-game comebacks, excuse me, on both sides. Uh, of course, we're going to hear about the Anthony Davis injury and the game itself now from head coach Alvin Gentry. This is uh, the entire post-game press conference from head coach Alvin Gentry. Uh, Daniel and I would probably normally cut this up a little bit, but we're leaving it intact today because of the uniqueness of the the Beijing aspect of this game in that you're going to hear uh, coach deal with the media not only from uh, the Pelicans and those who traveled from the United States, but also those uh, covering uh, today's game in China. So uh, here's your mix of English and Mandarin today. Uh, following the game in Beijing, um, you know, obviously we got off to a bad start and uh, uh, never really recovered from it, and uh, it's, it's disappointing. Uh, I just didn't think we were very aggressive offensively, and we had too many defensive breakdowns. Uh, it's almost like uh, in the NBA when you have a long road trip and you play the last game 
you really have to be mentally tough, and we weren't mentally tough tonight. Now we go home, and uh, we have an opportunity to kind of recover from a long plane flight, and then we have two more preseason games before the regular season starts. No, you know what, at this stage and what has happened injury-wise, uh, I just look and play who's there and who's available. Uh,问题是,呃,在去年你,呃,常常,呃,处理一些关于受伤的状况,今天看到AD受伤的时候,你心情是如何,是什么样的画面,他说其实我心情是蛮放松的,我其实心里想到是,哦,AD受伤之后
And, of course, you know James Lofton from a lengthy and a prominent NFL career. We'll get his take on the NFL weekend uh, in general upcoming. Kind of a more global look at things uh, for, uh, what is this, week six for a lot of teams. Holy smokes. We're rolling now. Hey, gang, we got to get out of here. Have a great rest of your Wednesday. We'll see you right back here tomorrow on the Black and Blue Report. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report, presented by ABC Insurance Agencies, a better choice for insurance. If all goes well, we'll be back tomorrow. Tune in each weekday at noon central or at your convenience exclusively online at pelicans.com and neworleansaints.com. Follow your teams direct from the source, the Black and Blue Report.